Welcome, everybody, to the Money Time Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Hernandez. And today with me, I have the one and only Mr. Ali Cassiera, the one and only friend, brother. You guys, this guy started off as a normal sales rep, I guess, turned into a manager, got into the real estate game, was working with buyers and sellers, started to transform his business, bought a beautiful house, is growing a business, five years in the industry, absolutely crushing it. And you're about to hear his story from adversity to success, from back to adversity, back to success, and what he's doing moving forward. You guys, make sure you are tuning into today's episode. Get a pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes. Let's go. I'm excited. Beyond excited. Yeah. It's, Beyond uh, excited. something new for me as well. And yeah. excited to share growing pains, some of the real, really good stuff that's happened. Some of the stuff I thought was 10 years, you know, yeah. ahead of me. Yeah. So, so I'm really hey, excited to share that. Let's start off with who you are, where you're from, what you do. So Ali Kassira, um was born in Downey, uh, grew up in the city, little city called Bell, Bell, California. Um, I'm Lebanese, my Lebanese American. Um, my mother was second generation. Father was first generation, so I kind of got the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, very old-fashioned Middle Eastern mindset of be proud of your name, be proud of where you come from. But uh, I respect my father a lot because versus most other, you know, old-fashioned type, not to single out Middle Eastern, but, you know, when we have old-fashioned qualities or, or things that we have about us, uh, he was still open-minded and always reminded me, always remember where you live. And you mm. live in a very diverse community. Mm. Uh, hence, you know, I speak Arabic, English, and Spanish. People look at me and they're like, Spanish? Where the hell did that come from? And uh, it was my father make just, again, going back to that, we live in a diverse community. He knew in California, it's important for us to yeah. speak the language. Right. Well, and you lived yeah. in Bell. Yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, for those of you who don't know where Bell is at, it's um, it's by Huntington Park, by yes. Downey, right? Um, Huntington Park yeah. is actually where I'm from. I'm actually from Downey. So I was born at Downey Hospital and then lived in Huntington Park. So That's right cool. near Bell. You were in Downey. Bro, I knew we had a connection. Bro, right birth. by, you know, the, you know, the water, you know, the water tower, Huntington Park. Water yeah, tower, I know uh, exactly tracks. where. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right by yeah, the park. Salt yeah, Salt Lake Park. Yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah. anyways, um, Bell is like the like. It's uh, zip code 90201, not to be confused for 90210, <laughs> <laughs> all right? So not Beverly Hills. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So how did you get into real estate? What were you doing? How did you end up being the agent entrepreneur that you are today? So uh, got into real estate. Uh, been in real estate five years. This is my fifth five year years. in the business. I, I was, I'm 31 now. So, so I started around 26, 25, 26. I started getting licensed. Cool. My, um, I worked in retail for many years. So I graduated from, from high school. Uh, my father owned businesses. We mm. still have family owned businesses that run in Santa Ana, uh, California. And um, my dad, it was 2009 when I graduated. And for those of us who know, and my dad was an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur. And he looked at me and he said, you're not going to work for me. You're going to go to school and you're going to find your own job. And I was looking at all the other, because there's a small community of Middle Easterns as well in Bell. So I was looking at all of them and they all stay within the business, keep the money in the family. And I'm looking at them working for their fathers. And, and why the hell is my dad making me go find a job? Right. I was fucking pissed. Right. 
I literally walked into Guess Incorporated. Uh, I worked for Guess for almost 10 years afterwards, but I walked in the day before Black Friday. I didn't even get interviewed, dude. They just needed a body to put by the sales section. They, I gave my application. She didn't interview me. She said, come to the back. She started putting in my uh, HR, started putting all my stuff in. And the very next day, gave me a walkie talkie, said, stand here. If you see somebody stealing, just say something. <laughs> that was it. And then that turned into a career and I was just seasonal. I ended up getting, uh, they kept me as an employee. I was an employee for a year and a half. Oh. Then I got promoted to an assistant manager, then a co-manager. So by the time I was 25, um, I was I was fortunate enough to be where a lot of my peers were in their mid 30s, mid 40s. So oh. had a little bit more of an elevated mind. But um, as a manager, I guess, right? as a manager, I guess. Okay. So to pull this all full circle on how I ended up getting connected with real estate is uh, going back to 2009, my dad would sit down with me. And at the time I was getting paid almost 30 bucks an hour as a manager, minimum wage was I think 11 or 12 bucks, which most people would say, hey, as a 25, 26 year old, that's good. Right. My dad would sit down with me, analytical, and say, hey, you're making this amount of money. How many hours are you work in a week? Oh, 40. Like, oh, but I work some overtime, all right, 45. So this is how much you're making in a year. Do you want a family one day? Do you want a house? Do you want to be able to, to do things and go on vacations when you want to go on vacations? You're going to be able to do it on this type of budget, on this type of income you're in. And he used to tell me, I think you'd be really good with real estate. Hmm. And I lost my father five years ago. Uh, he was 53 years old. So, yeah. you know, looking back on this, where, where this is all coming full circle is when my father passed away and I didn't feel like I had that safety net anymore. I just literally, I took a leap of faith. I got some uh, some life insurance money and I just said, hey, I'm gonna burn the boat. I'm gonna live off of this. And that was my father helping me Getting in my next track. It's it's interesting because even saying it now, like I feel a little emotional about it. Well, like, yeah. When you when you reflect on it, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we're just moving throughout the day, moving so fast, it's, it's good to slow down slow in order down. to speed up, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, my condolences to you and your family. I remember when that, when that happened. Um, and so you there, your dad had also owned real estate and you did or did not know about it? Did not know about it. So how did that happen? Another beautiful thing. And what opened my eyes to what real estate can do. My dad. So for those of you, anybody heard the store Tres Hermanos, Three Hermanos. Um, it's a store in Huntington Park off of Pacific. Not to say that was not the business, but basically we sold Levi's and cowboy boots and cowboy hats. Okay. And that was a real big thing back in the day. Yeah, and absolutely. It's not the same business it was, but my father basically sold Levi's and invested in commercial real estate, industrial real estate. Wow. Um, I did a lot of residential, never, didn't really keep any of it. But uh, when he passed away, we obviously had things we had to speak about as a family. And uh, to see the investments that he made for me and my siblings to always be able to have why I said I lost a security blanket right. to always have something to fall back on. It opened up my eyes, number one, what the ability that real estate, what real estate can do and the mm -hmm. different avenues we can take. And uh, maybe build just a great appreciation for him to teach me what it is to go out and earn a dollar, right? Go out and work for it. Right. But there was a lot of growing pains through guests too. You, you didn't know he owned real estate though. Not at all. So you then, he unfortunately passes away you then get into real estate to find out that he owns a bunch of real estate. Yes. And he's telling you subconsciously, 
in the back end growing up and you're a guest, you would be good at real estate. Correct. Kind of interesting, right? Very interesting. There was a method to his, there was a plan. He had a plan. Yeah. And I, when I think about that now, and I'm glad you brought that up because when I think about that now, what he was really telling me is let me be your investor. Right. Like, let me help you make money while you represent me on transactions or whatever it is, or help sell my real estate. It, it was, right. uh, that was what I, I reflect on that stuff. And I don't go back to, sometimes I can go back to beating myself up about it, but I also realize like everything in life happens for an opportunity. And it was an opportunity for me to, to grow and to get uncomfortable. So big, so big. I just wanted to touch on that. So you go, you're at Guess, you're there how many years? Uh, there for about nine years in total, but eight and a half years. Okay. So I yeah, want to touch on this time. because there's a lot of people that get caught in the retail world mm-hmm. that get caught in the bar world or the restaurant world. Cause I think they're all very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Where you hit that management level or you hit that level where you earn enough to live, but it's also hard because you know, some of these people where it's hard for them to break out of it. Right. I see a lot in the restaurant industry. Yes. People I went to school with that are just stuck there. It's hard for them to get out. How did you do that? How were you able to, I understand the passing of your father, but what was it that made you take that leap? And what inspiration do you give other people that were maybe stuck, I guess, themselves? I reflected on a lot of things and to allow somebody else to tell me what I was worth. Mm. That was the biggest kicker. Mm. Like, oh, you're worth $30 an hour. Right. I want to take, I'll be full transparent. The biggest thing for me was like, hey, can I take what, I need this specific date till this specific date off. So then I can go vacation with my girl at the time. Like we were young and I was making good money or what I thought was good money at least. Like for me to have to request that time, like that just didn't sit well with me. For people to tell me no other managers have it and, the um what the pol- politics that happened in corporate america right i right. i'll put it this way i did it in schedule for almost 120 employees during holiday season it's 120 problems that weren't mine right you know immature kids that were coming in 18 years old hey i have homework i can't make it for this shift and i'm accommodating accommodating i just decided hey i'm getting they're telling me i'm worth 30 bucks an hour and i'm dealing with all this stress i'm gonna pull myself out of this. I'm going to believe in myself and all the energy I use for the 120 employees, the mean customers, the this, I'm going to put that towards myself and show people what I am worth. Yeah. I like and that. I just shifted that energy towards that. Huge, huge. So, so what I hear you saying is you decided what you were worth versus other people deciding that for you. I didn't want people putting their thumb on me and telling yeah. me, putting a ceiling on, on yeah. that. That was my issue too. And I have a hard time listening to other people. Just doesn't work out very well. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a hyper analytical guy. So I tend to get paralysis from analysis sometimes. No way. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So you get into the industry. Walk us through your first year. How many years you've been in the game? Uh, been in the game five years. Five now. years. So walk year. us through. So first year you start cold blood. You don't know what you're doing, right? Wet behind the ears. Walk us through. What happened? All I knew was talk to people. Ask people if they wanted to buy or sell. I was even getting my hands dirty doing leases. I had nothing. I literally would sit down in an office. I'd go to my office. I sat in a, in a little touchdown station. 
sit in the corner there. We had Intero at the time? You went, I was at Intero. Intero. That's where, well, I started with the mom and pop broker for okay. like a couple months who okay. was guiding me while I was getting licensed. Okay. And then I knew a guy at the gym who knew a guy who invited me to go do like over role playing scripts. Or I reached out to to homeboy and I'm like, hey, like, hey, dude, do you mind if we go over some scripts? Like, so again, getting uncomfortable and making that phone call. Then I ended up getting obviously they they I didn't know I was being prospected at the time, but Oscar and Jason were like, hey, we're going to bring you on board. Uh, So I went there. I would cold call from like. 9 a.m. I kid you not to like 7, 8 a.m. 8 p.m. Heck yeah. Nothing else to do. Nothing else to do but make phone calls. Let's go. And I used to get angry, dude, when people would hang up on me. <laughs> angry, you bro. You take it personal? Yes, I would take it super <laughs> personal. There was a guy like next to me and be like, oh, look, the Arab fuse going off. The Arab, the Arab fuse. fuse. <laughs> <laughs> but you fun. learn those things that comes with business maturity too it's not personal just right. you know we got to put ourselves in the other person's shoe 100 100 percent. so that's what i did first year did uh did 12 deals made one hundred twenty thousand dollars. not bad that was Thought your first year it, my first year not bad Thought, and, and keep in mind that six months i went six months with not one transaction okay so, so you gotta talk about that so you started Walk us through, like, uh, so that year sounds great, right? People hearing that, like, oh, screw you, hundred, right? But, yep. but, but, what, how? Because I remember that. I remember month five, <laughs> you not having anything. So explain that. Nothing. Month five opened up my first escrow on month six, which also is in turn literally, and God, the universe, whatever you want to say, works in mysterious ways. That was literally my last month of reserves that I had. Like the last month of reserves. And I opened my first escrow that day. Kind of funny how that was. Or that month. And uh, ended up closing it. So you're cold calling every day. Cold calling every Monday day. I would go door through, knock. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Okay. So just. What to, was your schedule? Oh, uh, yeah. 8 to 12. Okay. Cold calling. Okay. Or I would do role play in the morning okay. from, I think, 8 to 8.30. Mm-hmm. 8.30 to 12. I would call. Then I'd go to lunch for an hour from 12 to 1. Then I want to go door knock from like one to three or one to four. And okay. then I'd go back to the office. I would do one of two things. I would host an open house during the week from like four to seven. Right. And then just cold call from the open house. Or I would just go back to the office and and just cold call. Yep. Just ask people for business. Yep. For those of you that are listening that know us very well, this is what we do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is what we do. This is how most of us uh, that I get to meet that end up having a very successful career, this is how they started off, just so you know, right? So you're on the right path. I appreciate that. Everybody I talk to now that are like crushing it, that started off, they started off cold calling. They started off in the grunt work. And I believe it's the grunt work. It's that cold calling. It's that cold door knocking. It's that open house on the weekends when you don't want to do it that gets you to being, to, to getting something in this industry. Right. And there was no mistake that you did 12 deals that year. It was because you were able to keep going. Correct. Had you given up month four, Nothing. you'd be back, I guess. Oh, 100%. And majority of us do. And we see it happen all the time. If this industry was easier, if this business was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. It, it teaches you a lot of things. That I, I had to callous my mind a lot, not to take things personal, be okay with the rejection. I'd get super super butthurt and very upset when like a coi would buy a house or i'd open up instagram and i would see like the keys in front of the oh yeah so i used to say like hey why am i not why am i not 
reaching out to that person? Why am I not connecting with that person? Because right. the truth is, is that we do this to put food on our table. 100%. And it sounds super corny when I say this, but I truly get a f- fulfilled when we're able to help people get to that next chapter in their life. Right, right. You know, and, and it's a breath of fresh air. For some people, it's distress. For other people, it might be, um, you know, just I need to upgrade, I need to downsize. That's where being a hybrid agent, you know, getting connected with you guys has, has made a huge yeah. impact on my business. So year one, you do 12 deals. What does year, year two look like? Uh, keep in mind, full disclosure on this. I'm not a tax expert, but save money for your taxes. Okay. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like they had, nobody told me we had to pay taxes and you make $120,000. <laughs> uh, me neither. No one, no one decided yeah, to tell me so that. So I spent all the money and like when tax season, like, Taxes came. I didn't have the right guy. I ended up owning like thirty or forty thousand. I'm like, I only made one hundred and twenty. Had very minimal write offs, but uh, yeah, save for taxes. Speak to to someone, and and that's what also opened my eyes to getting connected with other people. Hmm. It's like, hey, we can make money, but how do we utilize this money? Like, right? How do we keep ourselves financially afloat? Because a lot of the money is going to come in. It's easy to just spend it. Hundred um, percent. Still trying to figure that out. I think it's constant and never ending. Right. Um, right. Where you your money but second year uh did 16 deals i now oh i started a wholesaling second year that's second. when i started getting into wholesaling okay so you did 12 deals 12 deals this was 2018 2018 2019 you do 16 deals pandemic hits no 20 so from i got licensed in 2018 so from 2018 to 2019 okay I was working, uh, I was working and doing guests. Okay. Then 19 full year, all in, nothing, 12 deals. 12 deals. Then 20, 20 to 21, 16 deals, 180,000 implementing some wholesaling in there. And so four more deals, uh, $60,000 more. $60,000 more. And the pandemic hit 2020? 2019 when the pandemic hit 2020 2020 yeah, yeah so, so that's that when sense. i started that, yeah, so you started wholesaling your third year correct okay awesome yep. so explain that so pandemic hits i'm building momentum i got good momentum going and then i fall into the fell into the trap of uh the news and what's going to happen can't even walk outside. I remember I would go out for my morning. I was so like about, hey, morning routine. Like I got to be up at 5 a.m. And if I don't do my run, then I'm not doing my job. Right. And uh, not to say it's not important, but we got to give ourselves some grace with that stuff sometimes too. 100%. So was speaking to a guy named Cedric Adams. Cedric, shout out to you for this. I yeah, never yeah, forget Cedric. this. I never forget, man. And he just said, hey, Adrian's hosting a, a, a Zoom call. Everybody's hopping. I probably sat on my ass on the couch for like four days. That was it. Through that, through this is when day. everybody went home. They weren't allowed to go to everybody the office. Everybody was at home. Everything was closed. Like yeah. full closure. Yep. Like pandemic. Yeah. 100%. Four days, I probably sat on my ass on the couch. And then. And you were in LA County at the time. And so I was everything LA. was really shut down. Everything. Okay. Like I'm telling you, even to go run around the block, it was like people were side-eyeing me if they yeah. were like looking out of their window. And that was a little bit weird for me too. I just, I didn't want to believe. Not to say that it's. Anything, you know, right? it is what it is, but uh, I just wasn't going to let things hold me back. Yeah, you weren't buying what I wanted to do. Yeah. So Cedric tells me about the Zoom call. I jump on the Zoom call. I'm like, oh, 
affirmations. Man, this dude feels uncomfortable. We say the affirmations and then we would get on the phones from eight to 12 or nine to 12. And then we would share our wins. And I'm like, man, this is a good community. And it was people from Vegas. It was people from other states. And I'm like, man, this is cultivation and community. For sure. Yeah, this is the fun. first yeah. time that I felt community. That was squad up. Squad up. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Yeah, that was good, man. And that's when you got introduced to wholesaling. And that's when I opened up my eyes to wholesaling, and then you and I got connected. Yeah. And prior to that, I used to, when we were at Intero was when I used to cold call you because I used to see you on the Thursday meetings, and I'd be like, "Hey, dude, you don't know me, but I know you." And like, I watch your meetings, and I get inspired. But like, hey, I'm just curious about your opinion on this. And yeah, I remember. I think, yeah, I remember. you're like, "Fuck this guy, Ali." <laughs> probably calling Jason or Oscar like, Hey, who's this guy Ali that's calling me from your office? That's funny. I remember that. No, I took your call. I, I, no, no, yeah. you did. You, yeah. you, no, you always took my calls. Yeah. And I think it's great. And I think about how, where we've come to. Yeah. So we had a uh, pandemic hit um, where in our office, we had just created a new real estate company. We had just launched a wholesale company. No, we're about a year into wholesale company. And uh, we have every morning, we still meet. We all meet, we role play. This is what we were doing at our office. Well, Orange County was a little bit lenient, right? Mm -hmm. We were able to go into our office up until a point and then people started complaining. So management was like, hey, just go home. Just go home for two weeks, three weeks. So we go home, I'm losing my mind, right? I'm like, I can't do this. I'm number one, can't be home during the week. Like I gotta be doing something. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm losing my shit. So I'm like, let's just let Nick, uh, Zach, let's get on a, a Zoom call. So we all got on a Zoom call and then we're all on. And then, you know, the energy's a little low. There's three of us. I'm like, screw it, we need to get more people on. And then that's when I was like, hey, whoever wants to get on. And there was, at one point, we had a good, like, 80 people on. Oh, man. Like, it yeah. was, we had a community. Yeah, like, it, we still have a community. Yeah. The community, but, you know. Well, it's funny, connected. though. And, and I want to talk about this real fast. So, we give tons of value for free for a whole year. And then we're like, we'll do foundation builders, right? We, there's a time, there's an amount of money behind our time. We'll charge $199, right? We're not asking for a <laughs> lot of money. $199, we'll continue this. If you guys, you know, because we were doing weekly calls. We were spending a lot of time on the role plays. Right. So we just wanted to replace our income from time. And it was interesting how many people just. Oh, yeah. Vanished. Yeah. People won't in, invest in themselves. And that was the one thing that I that I really appreciate getting into in tarot and learning those things was uh, the importance of like a personal development. For sure. Uh, and morning routines and stuff like yeah. that. And take it with a grain of salt. It's not it doesn't need to be like a military type deal right uh however i think that it's there's a big correlation to like what we you know how you do one thing is how you do everything and your habits will or show me your habits and i'll tell you who you are i think ed mylet says that yep and um it's interesting i heard that today on a on a audible they did a matter of fact yeah so i want to talk about real fast so you reached out to me we started coaching together you made the investment to in yourself and your business drastically changed let, I just want you to talk about that because rather if someone is coaching with me or just getting a coach in general, a lot of people have a hard time investing in themselves and you invested in yourself and saw a geometrical growth in your business. Oh yeah. Talk about that. And don't, I don't want to talk about coaching specifically with me. I just want you to talk about like taking that leap of faith, investing in yourself and then what happened to your own personal production. So just being okay with continuing to ask questions. I knew that like, there was more to stuff just the same way it was, I guess, in a, in, a, in a sense, is that I knew that there was more than just buying and selling real estate and then also seeing it, my dad being an example of that. 
and all I was seeing in the brokerage side was like buying and selling, but I felt like this is always going to be like that. I don't, I used to go to some of these bigger events with the big traditional real estate events and see some of these people on stage. And not to say it made me feel a little inferior, but I'm like, no, I know I'm I'm more than that. But just because I don't necessarily do it in this fashion, I know that I can do it in other in other ways. And wholesaling became another tool in the tool belt. But then there was an obstacle with that because then I would get on the phone and all I would go for is try to get people to send a wholesale contract. Right. And then my my retail business suffered. Right. And then I'm like, okay. I got to get back to writing out the, the scripts and my listing presentation and this. And then you're like, no, dude, like you just, where am I going with this? Is that you, you specifically were there in front of me to, to guide me and to tell me, Hey, look, you don't need to choose one or, or it's right. both. It's both. And everything's not either life. or it's both. And everything we do, right. Yes. It's not, I'm going to buy the truck or, and buy or, and, or buy the investment. Right? No, so I'm going to buy both. Yes. Right? I'm going to buy the investment and I'm going to buy a truck and damn, I'm going to buy the fucking boat too because it's not either or, right? Yeah. And and when I just, it took me a while to get to there, but I continued to practice. I continued to ask questions. I would come through some type of growing pain. I would write it down in a notebook and then when we would have our weekly calls, I'd be like, okay, dude, Things as much as like, hey, are you counting your contacts for if you're doing a follow up car, are you counting that as a contact? Because certain people say it's not a contact. Some people say it's just keep it simple, Ali. Right. If you're speaking to somebody about real estate, it's contact. Simple as that. Right. Let's not get technical about it. Yeah. It's a numbers game. It truly is. But when we keep things simple, things flow to us. For sure. For sure. So go back to, so you're working buyer sellers, you see the wholesale, talk about that. Like how did your business start to transform? And then most importantly, cause this is money time, what happened to the money, right? How did the money increase? Okay, so again, started having these conversations, knew that I had wholesaling in my tool belt now. And through asking great questions, when I would get somebody over the phone, through a series of great questions, I would be able to find out, hey, like, this is not really one of those types of deals where I can charge some commission. They owe X amount of money. They're in like a high distress. The condition of the property is not good. So then I would reach out to Nick Ramirez and collaborate with him and say, hey, look, I got this client. I don't really know what I'm looking for right now. Right. But where do we need to be with this in order to make this deal work? And I've been blessed to be able to have great communication skills and great rapport skills. So I would go back. I would get it under contract. Hey, Adrian, you got a contract, the contract that I can use? Yeah, I'll send it over to you. And then I would call Nick, hey, what portions of the contract do I got to fill out? And right. I just started learning that. My first deal, my first wholesale deal, I actually sold you that property mm -hmm. over on 7th or 6th. That one, I think I made 45 on the one deal. Yeah. Oh, no, 35 on it. Yeah. 35 on that one. On the one deal, on a, I had a paycheck from Guess in my drawer. And I looked at that my year to date in December was almost identical to the one paycheck that I made from wholesaling. And the year before you did 12 deals, how much money did you make? 12 deals, 120. 120. Next and then deal. you did one deal at 30. So uh, that's a pretty good portion on just one wholesale deal. Correct. So what I was your biggest check up to date, year to date, up until that point? Was that the biggest check? Yeah, that was like by far the biggest check. Like oh, the most awesome. amount of money I've seen on one little piece of paper ever. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, not even checks that I wrote to myself because I wasn't even thinking that big at the time. Right, right, right. 
like Jim Carrey, I think wrote himself a million dollar check. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. You know, those are, those are great things to do tools. Yeah. So second year did 16 deals, 180 third year, which was, which was, uh, I did 24 deals, made 350,000. That was, so you went from 12 deals at how much? 12 deals at 120. 16 deals at 180. 24 deals to 350. So you doubled your, doubled in half your income. Yes. When we got hooked up and we, and you started implementing the hybrid system, you started changing up the system. Yeah. So preach, talk about that real fast, right? Because a lot of us think that, and you did, you briefly talked about it, but a lot of us think that when you start to build a wholesale business, you give up your traditional business. And we talked about you having both, right? But how did you do that? It's one thing to explain that. It's one thing to hear that. It's one thing to hear, okay, he went from this to this, but how? How do you do it, right? Because me, an, an outsider looking in who doesn't know how, that's always the question. Yeah. And you, you gave me an analogy once because when I was going through this, because there's going to be, there's always time of growth and where you're going through trial and error with things when you're trying new things. You use the, and I was telling you, hey, I keep going. I keep coming across these things, but they're not necessarily wholesale deals. Are they retail? How do I, how do I pivot on that? And you use the, the analogy of a vehicle. You said, hey, you go and you buy a car and you want the car to go a little faster on there. You throw an exhaust. That's wholesaling. If you want it to go even a little bit more fast, put a put a wing on it. And then that's your sub two or your burrs or you use the nine degrees of wealth is essentially right. what you told me. Right. Uh, which, you know, I'm sure you'll explain what that, that is. exactly. Yeah, I'll explain it. Yeah. It's not the wing. But yeah. yeah. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. So <laughs> to go back to how, how did I do that? I would just say, hey, I'm going to get this deal under contract. We sell it. I make a wholesale fee. I would get listings back. What did that do? That helped me in my retail business as well. Right. It doesn't mean that I was so and while all doing all of this, I was hammering my database. All the people I knew, people I'd open up on Instagram and say, damn, like, I need to start reaching out to more of these people. Huge. I stopped being a secret agent. Huge. I was afraid of reaching out to people I knew because I thought mm. they were going to think I'm a salesman. I'm not here to convince anybody to buy or sell. If you're motivated, I'll point you in the right direction to tell you what you need. But there's also a portion of making sure that we uncover the layers of, of this. So I knew that I had wholesaling as an extra tool in the tool belt. So I also had it to start pivoting just like that vehicle and adding the exhaust and the wing. It was also the people that I was reaching out to while while i was started reaching out i wasn't calling expireds anymore which everybody it was almost every time i spoke to somebody who was expired knew i was reading a script yep like you just told me the same thing the 15 other guys just told me yep same exact questions yep and i was just like okay something needs to change it's not me like i it's just not me so started changing data sources reaching out to people who more so needed to sell not just wanted to huge because for me, I know me, I'm going to do my business with integrity, but there are other scumbags out there that take advantage of people's situations in that, in that sense. For sure. But if I could help you to help me to help you, it's a win-win situation all around. Absolutely. So change some of the data sources while at the same time I was changing the data sources to start going for more wholesale and retail leads. I was still reaching out to my database. 
I was asking for birthdays. I was asking for anniversary dates, mm. sending out cards, thank you cards, happy birthday cards. And then that's helped me generate a pretty good referral business from my center of influence, which my peer group, I'm 31, you know, my peer group that everybody's kind of getting into the still in the prime, I would say of their yep. life and starting families. So most of my COI right now would say are buyers, but I know, I mean, I'm in this for the long call. Right. And I'm, in the next five years, these people are going to be selling, they're going to be sellers. So 100%. I think, try to think with that abundant mindset. So you change your sources, your, most agents are trained to call expireds for sale by owners, canceled, withdrawns. You changed your sources. What, what changes did you make in your sources? It was calling absentees out of state owners during the time pandemic. There was a lot of people not paying. So there was a lot of absentee owners a and lot. people who and absentee owner is someone who doesn't necessarily live at the property. It's more than likely a rental or vacation home. Yep. Uh, so started reaching out to those type of people. Uh, really, I started calling pre foreclosures, but the conversation wasn't, hey, you're going to lose your house. How can I help you? It was more. Hey, would you be open to an offer or considered selling your property? Right. Like, yeah, I have considered selling. And then through role playing, continuing to be part of the community and people are going to push you to be, continue to get better, ask great questions. Then I would figure out, Hey, let's sit down. And when we sit down, I can tell you what I can get you on the open market, charging commissions and what your bottom line number looks at like this. And I can also tell you what our investors are willing to pay and buy the property as is with no commissions and show you what that bottom line number is. I'm not here to tell you one's better than the other. Let me present both options to you and you see what's best for you. There's a pro and con of each one. And I'm happy to go over that when we meet. Huge, huge. That was when I was like, I got this shit. Yeah. Well, you started to give them options, right? And people like options. Yes. I remember us having this conversation, right? People like options. And one thing that I found is a lot of real estate agents they call themselves professionals, but yet they don't understand all of the real estate game. Mm -hmm. They don't know what a seller finance is. They don't know how to put a seller finance together. They don't know, they don't even know how to verbally express what a fi seller finance is to their client. But yet you call yourself a real estate professional. That doesn't make any sense to me, right? That's like a dentist who only knows how to clean your teeth, right? Correct. But he calls himself the dentist, yeah. right? But he doesn't know how to fix <laughs> cavities and he doesn't know how to fill fill. He doesn't know anything else besides cleaning teeth. Right. You're not a dentist. You're a teeth cleaner. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's be honest. You're, you open the door and you are a listing agent. Right. You're not a true real estate professional because if yep. you were, you would understand all the different facets of real estate. Exactly. And when you started to understand that, your business started to drastically change. But what happened with the connection to the people? Because I don't think enough people talk about that. Connection to the people in which aspect. Like how like did your you relationships with people change when now all of a sudden you came to them with multiple different options? Oh, I mean... Well, when, number one, when you approach people in, in a way where you can make them feel comfortable in expressing certain things, like I was mentioning with those foreclosures, I wasn't, most of the agents are the first line that's coming out of their mouth is that you're in foreclosure. That's right. already going to build the wall with people. 100%. But if you, how can I help you? Mm. And if I could, would you? Mm. Those are important questions to ask because sometimes what we think is best for them isn't really what they think is best for them. But if we can get to the root of that, it helped me build connections on a deeper level with people where I seriously had seller and, and it kind of gets kind of awkward sometimes, but like I've had sellers where I've gone to the house because I needed to get something in, on a wet signature and like they're crying on my shoulder. 
Right. I'll never forget, maybe it was a third wholesale deal. We did one in Long Beach and the lady ended up moving to um, to Texas with her grandchildren. That was her motivation. But she owned this little freaking property like in an alleyway. Nick will remember this one. Uh, and that lady, to the gratitude in her voice when I checked in with her a year later and then her husband had passed away. Wow. And to really realize, like, imagine if that would have happened if she was here. If we didn't cross paths, the interesting thing about that one, she was an expired listing too, but I knew wholesaling was there. But you came to her with a different option. Diff completely different option. Mm. And I remember I, I share that, that win with you and you're like, damn, from an expired? Like, don't they normally want the most amount of money? Well, for the most part, yeah, but yeah, we just got to get to the root. On what's going on. The root on. cause. So My first slip wasn't expired. It's, yeah. When we can get on a different level with people, hundred percent. But we can even get away from the conversation and just real estate, because real estate is there's a lot of life that happens in real estate for sure. So uh, that's what's helped me and staying connected. Yeah. yeah, and then you ask it for referrals. Close mouth, don't get fed. That's big. That's big. So you th- uh, year three, you're starting to do wholesale. You're starting to change up your script. You notice that you're offering more solutions. Your income, if not doubles close to quadruple or close to triples walk us through year four year four which was last year was uh 34 deals uh hit 400 strong so and last year was a little challenging too last year was a little challenging and you and i we had conversations about that because i'm like we're getting towards the end of the you know where i think we were like in the beginning of the fourth quarter mid midst of the fourth quarter i'm like dude like I'm not like, fuck, I'm not going to hit my goal. I'm not going to hit my goal this year. My goal was 500. Right. I remember. And you asked me, okay, exactly what we're doing right now. You're like, okay, so you made this your first year. You made this your second year. You made this. So, dude, like you're already like this year to date and you're beating yourself up. Like, hey, dude, give yourself some grace. What are you bitching about? What are you bitching about? (laughs) But there has to be a sense of still chasing a carrot. For sure. But not being complacent. But you also didn't just... You also, I mean, okay, people look at that and go, well, he didn't uh, quadruple his uh, income his fourth year. No, but you also had some massive personal things that happened. Yeah. You bought a house. Yes. Baby girl came. Baby girl. Right. Talk about that. Congratulations. I got, got, thank you. Thank you. We got an eight-month-year-old Layla. Layla Amira. A beautiful girl. Um, That was a blessing. I got married. I bought a house. Uh, so that was eight I, months ago. So your pre- your girl was pregnant. Uh, eight plus nine is 17, 17 months ago. Yes. So it was right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. So you have a pregnant woman, pregnant pre- pregnant wife. Knew, knew I was going to have a baby. Like, I just didn't know what the heck to expect. Like, I still sit here right now as we speak. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, fuck, how am I doing it? But you want to know what it is? It's just having faith, man, in a belief that like, hey, I'm meant for this. So good. This is for so me. Good. Well, and I want to talk about this because you didn't quadruple your business, but beautiful things happen in your life. And when you start to give yourself grace, right? Okay, maybe I didn't make the money I wanted to make, but I started a family. I bought a house. And you can't put a dollar sign to that. No, right. That's worth more than a million dollars. That's worth way more than that half a million dollar goal that you set for yourself. So the fact that you're able to acknowledge that and give yourself grace is huge for all of us out there. We all need to learn to give ourselves grace. Right. Yeah. We all need to learn to stop and say, you know what? I need to not be so hard on myself. Right. I'm grateful for where I'm at. 
but I am so eager for, for more. Yes. Right. Good mentor of mine told me this. He said, you know, everything we want is available to us. We always have to ask ourselves, are we making ourselves available to what we want? So good. We can sit around and bitch and complain so about good. we want this or that. But are we really doing the things that we need to do? Are we picking up the phone and calling the people we need to call? Uh, waking up on those mornings where we really don't want to wake up. I, when I walk into the house and my baby girl's like eyes light up and she knows it's dad walking in, indescribable feeling. Cannot put a dollar sign on that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I aspire to continue to grow. There's some other stuff. So I got married, bought the house. My wife had a beautiful baby girl, not to mention my wife was a cancer survivor and was always told she'd never be able to conceive. Wow. You know, she had leukemia from the age of three to 15. Oh, and uh, yeah, she's now, I mean, we have a beautiful, healthy eight month baby girl and I'm kind of throwing days about not being an only child. Uh, she's not feeling it right now. She's like, yeah, you're not taking care of the baby all day. You're at work. <laughs> so, so is there another one coming or? Um, I would like one, but I yeah. think all timing is perfect when the right time comes. For sure. For um, sure. I also added some stuff to my business. I got an assistant. I brought a, a buyer's agent on board. So there was a lot of little things that I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, walking properties to go take photos hosting open houses, showing buyers properties and, you know, Riverside County and we live in LA. I was able to delegate that work and granted while I was paying others, I still continue to increase my income. Yeah. So talk about that real fast because a lot of people hear that, right? And they say, well, when is the right time to hire an assistant? When is the right time to bring someone on to help me? When did you know it was the right time for you? When I found myself entrenched in a whole bunch of administrative stuff throughout the day, what, that was what such, do you mean? What do you mean? I just paperwork, going through, dealing with the mm -hmm. transactions, like the 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 technicalities, the tedious things that right. happen in a transaction. I think it's important for us to keep a pulse on what's going on in the transaction, stay in communication. But we don't need to be the necessarily the ones making the phone call to tell the client to schedule the home inspection for our buyers or to confirm if wire has been sent in, you know, like let's delegate that to some other people. And when I realized it was when it was such a big growing pain of mine, cause I, I, I had such a hard time trusting other people to do it. Hmm. But when I found myself after my morning prospecting and I would go on my lunch, come back at one. And then I was doing administrative stuff till like three or four o'clock. And it was taking me three hours to do that stuff where I could have just, do one hour plus another out two hours of doing what I'm ready to get out, just talking to people. Right. That was when I realized I needed to hire someone. Good. I like that. I like that. I hope someone's listening and goes, yeah, that's me right now. Right. Because once, once we get to a certain amount of hours where we're stuck in admin work and it's taking us away from sales. Yes. We're the assistant. Right. Yep. And now you're making and we had this conversation. Now you're the one making nine dollars an hour, twelve dollars an hour, thirteen dollars an hour, whatever your minimum wage is in that area. Yeah. Right. Um, and if you can replace that. Well, let's think about this. In order to earn a million dollars, you have to earn three hundred. What is it? Three hundred and sixty four dollars an hour, something like that. Don't quote me exactly, but I think that's what yep. it is. So every time we choose to engage in activities that are not around three to four hundred dollars, we are one step we are once we are putting our steps we are putting ourselves one step behind becoming a millionaire correct because now we got to make up for that time we have to make up for those dollars lost 
So that's big. I I think that it's constant and never ending improvement, as Tony yeah. Robbins says. Canny. Yeah, we we're talking about on that on the episode of John. It's huge. It's it's we have to always make sure that we're improving where we can in all facets of our business. Yeah. Well, and, and if not just business, but in life too. Yeah. Right. It, it, all facets of our life, and to realize just because you're paying somebody. Doesn't necessarily mean you earn less because that was my scarcity mindset that I had before. Mm. Say that again. Just because you're paying somebody to do something doesn't mean that you're earning less. You you got to really have a belief and a realization. I'm mm. worth that $365 an hour. Yeah. That's what I don't do this stuff. And it doesn't mean that you're better than it. Shit. If you tell me right now, Adrian, that I had to go and open up some doors or I needed to do some stuff, I'm going to do what I need to do and get my hands dirty. Oh, heck yeah. You know, like I just, I got that within me. It's entrenched. I'm still in the trenches every day over the phone. So it's, uh, I'm excited about where I'm at. And I know that there's a lot of room for improvement and a lot of adjustments that we got to make. For sure. Well, and you made those adjustments along the way, right? You noticed that working with buyers and sellers was only getting you so far. So you made that adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. You noticed that there were certain times that there was a certain time that you were spending that wasn't getting you anywhere. So you made that adjustment, right? And this game is nothing but a series of making adjustments, but it's being aware of what adjustments need to be made. Right, which is why we needed a community, which is why we need people around us, right? To help us understand, like, no, you need to switch that, do this. So that's not working. Do this, right? Um, remove really that, important. remove that realtor filter. Remove the realtor filter. The realtor filter. And and it's one of the main quotes of our community in Evo. It's not the strongest of species who survives, nor is it the smartest of the species, but the one that's most adaptable to change. Yep. And in everything that we do in our life, we got to continue to adapt. I'm adapting on how to be a father and continue to do my business at a high level. Yeah. How to come home and and be fully present with with my girl and the baby and being okay. I just I would get and I still sometimes get it. This anxiety of feeling the need to always have to answer my phone. Alex Lair said this, and it just it's so beautiful the way he said it. Like how he future paces his clients. He says, look. Can you see how I'm here at this appointment right now and I don't have my family with me? So it's just the same way. I don't bring my family with me on your, my appointments. I don't bring you home to my family. And uh, so good. I think when you just say that and it sounds elegant, obviously it's not what we say, it's how we say things. For sure. So just it paints a picture for people. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. good. I hope you guys use that. <laughs> so Ali, I'm just curious, uh, you know, fifth year. Right. What's your goal this year? Shooting for 650. 650. Income wise. What is that deals? Going about 65 deals. 65 deals. 65 deals. I'm I'm averaging, just going to average 10K on each one. Good. As we know in this business, those paychecks fluctuate. There's in my highest paycheck I've ever received has been about 65. 65 grand. Was that a wholesale? Was that a wholesale? Interesting. Yeah. And reflecting on it too, like now that I think about it and I'm looking at things from a different perspective, I probably would keep that. That house? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, well, now you're at you that know. phase of, right? So what, what, what is next, right? What is next for you besides doing more deals and making more income? So I've been able to be, see the investments my dad made in real estate and see the residual that comes out of that every month. Um, you know, there's other people in the family that need to be taken care of. So 
but to see certain cash flow that comes in, that's what I'm aspiring to do with my for my baby girl and my my wife to be able to build generational wealth, be able to take vacations when we want to take vacations for however long we want to take the vacation and being able to have people in place that I can delegate. So um, that next step for me is just buying more real estate, finding opportunities and then continuing to add to the tool belt, the sub twos, the seller finance stuff, because that's what's going to be the next step for me. And as far as the tool belt goes, how I'm going to approach stuff in this market, we got to adapt, we got to make adjustments and it's more options for people. Retail is not it. Okay. It's not a wholesale deal. Hey, well, if we can pay you in installments over time and you upgrade your position from being just a landlord to kind of playing as the bank, I mean, is that worth a discussion for you? Oh yeah. Tell me more about that. Well, here's the 30 second version of it. Boom. So good. So good. I'm hearing buying a lot of real estate, yep. building generational wealth, right? And really creating like a like a like a good not just real estate portfolio, but a foundation for baby for girl. life, a lifestyle. Baby girls, baby girl. Baby girls, baby girl. Ed Milet talks all the time about walking his daughter down the aisle. That hits me hard. Yeah. Never did before. Like when I used to think, when I used to hear him talk about that, it, it never hit me like it does now. Right. So when I'm at the gym and I'm doing certain things, I think about longevity, keeping myself here, making sure I'm here for my girl. Right. And continuing to grow as a person. I write this down every single day. God, I'll leave family business. God, I'll leave family business. I also, it sounds really arrogant, but I have to put myself before my family too, because if I'm not taking care of myself and my mental health is not there, I'm not, I can't take care, even care of my family at the yeah. capacity I would like to. Yep. It's the oxygen in the airplane when it's going down, right? Yep. You don't put it on your wife first, you put it on you first. Yeah. Or else you can't help her. Yeah. Gonna shit happens. When shit hits a fan, you gotta take care of yourself. And not to say like, hey, you just throw your family behind, but and the communication right. that you have to have with your significant other to let them know. And it goes both ways. Yeah. Well, I just got to say, man, um, as I'm sitting here listening to you, um, I had a whole bunch of extra questions. But I, as I'm listening, I just I cannot be just more inspired, happy and just, dude, I'm so proud of you, man. Everything that you're creating from where you started to you getting in your head, to a lot of coaching calls about you being in your head, right, to where you are <laughs> and where you're going and the life you're building and the house you bought and your baby girl and your wife and I'm just, I got to say, man, I'm really, really proud of you. And um, we're going to have you back on as you grow, as you grow your business. I'm going to bring you back on. And for those agents that have questions for you that maybe are stuck where you were stuck and they want to do what you're doing, how do they reach out to you? Uh, Instagram would be the best way. Uh, Ali underscore sells real estate. I'm working on buying my name from somebody else. He just won't respond to my DM. So Keep DMing um, yeah, Comment like, on this post. I'm just increasing the dollar amount little by little every time. Like, hey, can I buy your name? I just give me, give it to me. So Ali sells real estate. Ali Kasira, um, 323-313-9299. Spell your last name. K-A-S-S-I-R-A. All right. Awesome. Yeah. You guys, we want to thank you for tuning in to today's show. Make sure you are following Ali. Hope you guys got a lot from it. Man, I'm, I'm inspired by you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you for having me on. Thank you, brother. Let's Appreciate go. Appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button.